So last week we had certain interesting ideas. Um, the concept of Haoras Ponov, where the Bonshom uh, projects, so to speak, his being. Ah, it's not a being, but his, <coughs> the way he appears to us and so on. You know, that's Haora. And, uh, and if he retains it, or conceals it, so that produces really bad stuff. And I, and I mentioned the concept of Haora as, as being tied to the concept of existence. The Russian presents Haora. Haora means enlightenment or illumination. <coughs> in essence, that's giving existence. If he denies it, so in essence, that's inferior existence or whatever, you know. It's a negation of existence, you know. So as a result of that, that is a, a negative thing, and so on. So Haora and, um, and Hester are the two fundamental um, principles. What the Bria is really all about, and so on. Yeah. Anyway, then I mentioned the concept that the whole idea is vacuous, is to be attached to the Bria. And that's the whole concept. And I, I explained the difference between Vekas, Shlemus, and Hatova, what the differences are and so on. And ultimately, it's to perfect our own being. Uh, and, uh, and so on. The concept of perfection, obviously, is it's the enhancement of being to the fullest extent possible. That's what it is. You know? In other words, when you say somebody's perfect, what you're saying is that in a certain attribute, he has it all. Basically, for us, it's always relative. Nobody has it all. But when, the, when we say the Bershom is perfect, that means in whatever attributes he has assumed, he has the totality of that attribute. Nothing missing. So if we say the Bershom is about chesed, does incredible chesed, kindness, right? And we say he's sholeng, that means you can't be more about chesed than him. Why? Because there is no more chesed that exists. So how can you have it? Whatever, however you measure chesed, you know what I'm saying? So therefore what the Bosham has is the greatest amount of chesed if that's what he assumes because, and it's perfect because nothing more exists. So in a certain sense, perfection means the totality of everything. The totality of whatever's available, he's got. See? Even potential. What? Even potential. Yeah, even potential has a totality. Means this is the most potential that can be had. So, you know. uh, so when we say the Bosham is strong, he has the totality of strength. There is no more to be had, so to speak, you know. And all the attributes. Of says, what say. This is it. Who? Because yeah. that this is this is Gur. It is Gur. It's not like he has some Gur, this Gur, it is this is the epitome of Gur. Yes. Yeah. He's got it all. The totality of the phenomenon called Givura, whether it be actual or potential, he has. So therefore he's perfect in his strength. You see. Same thing with his intellect, God's intellect. The totality of whatever could be understood. He's God. <coughs> so that's why the Bershom is perfect being, because since the Bershom is existence itself, at least that's where he manifests himself to us, the totality of that is he's God. Very important distinction uh, of what true perfection really is. Anyway, yeah, so that's what we had more or less from last week. So what the what the, the Rukhal is trying to do now is going to trying to set up. Obviously, well, what the Bershom wants is that we should become perfect. We should we should become shalom. How do you achieve shlemus? Right? How do you achieve shlemus? Right? Why does he want us to become shalom? That's his rutsu. <coughs> does that have to do with the hatava? Well, shlemus is the hatava. The question is. How do you become Sholem? And the answer is Vekas. You know, when you are Dovak to him, you are Sholem. By definition. By definition. So yeah. achieving Vekas is really achieving Sholem. Correct. Exactly. So the mechanism or the state in which a person is able to achieve Sholemus, Sholemus then is the objective 
And the mechanism, right, or the method, is vikas. That's how you do it. And the, that uh, shlemus is the greatest hatov of all. How does dveikus correlate to shlemus? The different things, really. Vekas is a state. A state of... Uh, <coughs> is a state of connection. Mm-hmm. You know, shlemus is the being. Right. Shlemus refers to the being itself. The being is sholem mm. because it's in a state of attachment. And that, to the being, is the greatest benefit. As a being attached to the source of energy. What? To be to, to being attached to the source of energy, basically. It's sort of, yeah. yeah. So this yeah. is like, uh, like, a, like, let's say, Yachal fused the marshal of Hashem as a sort of like a power plant. And the amount of connectivity you have to that yeah. power plant, so you just have to add on connectivity. Yes, yeah, so and the that automatically brings the, the electricity into you. The voltage. Makes, you, makes your light bulb go brighter, whatever yeah. it is. Exactly. So, so Marshall's good Marshall. Exactly, you know? And this is what the Rosham wants. You know, why does he want it? It's unknown. And this is Hatova. Why? Because that the greatest, remember I said, the greatest Hatova is what? Is existence. The greatest benefit of all is to be. And being itself has degrees. To be in the greatest possible being is, uh, is, is the greatest thing of all. So how did the nitty-gritty, I'm sorry, I tangible, how did the nitty-gritty, to use the word, mitzvahs, like, let's say, putting on tefillin and... Uh, oh, that's this, later on. How does this, but I'm just saying, how does this equal shlemus eventually? Wait, that's the instruments. The mitzvah is the instrument to attain Vedas. It's an instrument, it's not the objective. The objective of a Jew isn't to a mitzvah. The objective of a Jew is to achieve shlemus through a state of dvekas. That's it. You know, how do we do it? We do it basically through mitzvahs. That is the uh, instrumentation, instrumentality, or that is the vehicle, the device, the tool to achieve the shlemus. You know, and so that's that's the correct perspective of all these concepts. A lot of people, it's muddled in the mind. They know what this is, they don't know what that is. It's like all the same thing, you know. But it's not. They're really distinct ideas. Uh, so, also what I spoke about last week, which I think was very important. What is Dvekas from an emotional level? You know, we say, well, this is Dvekas from an abstract level. You dove it to the version. But from an emotional level, what is it? What does it feel like? You know? Uh, I think the last week, that was a highly unusual... Um, perspective. You don't hear that kind of stuff. Uh, and so on. I, you know, I, I've never heard anything like that from any of the Bali Musa here, Musa Shmuzi, whatever. No. But Dvekas is an in, in, in a very intense emotional state, which is, like I said, then there's a tremendous yearning and longing to be unified, connected to the Russian. And I used an example, a romantic example. Okay, forgive me. But that's really what it is. That's what, <coughs> what Shira Shiram is really all about. That's exact muscle Shiram Shiram usage, you know. Now she dovka, you know, some now, you know, and so on. So many different kind of shyness expressions that the Shira Shiram uses. And in many ways, the muscle is all romantic in that sense, you know. But anyway, that's what it is. And that's a very difficult state to achieve. And I mentioned how, you know, uh, how one achieved that. One achieves that by one, knowing who God is. You need to know who the Rabbanu Shalom is. Two, you need to know his relationship to you, which is total chesed, in that sense. That God loves you, and so on. That he is completely given over to your benefit. Whether that includes rahmanus, mercy, compassion, or includes, uh, includes uh, kindness, love and kindness, um, you need to know that. You need to know that really, not, you know, some, read some safe words. Um, you have to, you have to say, know it and you have to, in many ways, see it. And also, one of the greatest ways is tefillah also. Because what tefillah does is it intensifies what's called the reality of God to you. You know, most people don't talk to themselves. So when you talk to Baruch Atta, you're really talking to the Marshal, you know, and if you really focus on tefillah, 
after a while, you know, your mind begins to understand that, <coughs> you know, I'm really talking to somebody. And there's hopefully somebody listening, you know, so it's a communications and so on. And the communication, what it does is it verifies the reality of God, verifies that God can fulfill your requests, because what are you praying to Him for, you know? And as such, hopefully God will fulfill your requests, and so on, you know? There's nothing better than verifying the presence and the relationship of a being than communication. It's really what it is, you know? Shema is not a communication. When you say Shema Yisrael, it's a belief statement. I believe Shema Yisrael Hashem Rakenishimachod. The concept of Shema is a belief statement, but it's not a communication. Tefillah is a communication, you see. So therefore, this is what happens when you do that, and, and as a result of that, a person can uh, get levels of vacas and so on. What's the difference between that sort of meditation and meditation in general, where people can feel certain heightened awarenesses and certain things? My question is that, like, how do you know it's not just another state of heightened awareness? That well, like, how do you know if you're fooling yourself that just something, or you're actually connecting to something in colors? Well, that's why you say Shema first. What is Shema? Shema is a statement of belief. I believe. What is what is Shema? What, what what's a statement of belief? Well, I, I understand that 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 you that we're coming. We're only talking to people who are not meaning. Yeah. But in terms of the actual activity, the actual exercise experience, how do you know between, like, let's say, the, there's meditation and there's, and there's meditation, there's meditation yeah. Kedusha, but how do you know you're actually connecting to that, as opposed to just fooling yourself, like, I just happen to be feeling something nice, you know? Well, I don't know my fooling, if you believe there is a God, and you believe that He is one, that He's your King, and you accept the sovereignty and so on, right, you believe that, right, forget about how, why you believe that, then you have to go further back. But if you make that statement, and you truly believe that statement, right, then you talk to God. That's the next thing. So if you experience something talking to a person, you're not fooling yourself because you believe in God. You know, Maybe you have to go back to the original. How do you believe in God? That way it goes back to the, you know, and so on, you know. I mean, the truth is, in the end, Rabbi Kiva was right, you know. The greatest confirmation of the existence of God is the impossibility of this creation to be without God. It's impossible. How anybody can even deny that is absurd. The probability. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you look at anything, like you want to prove there's a God? Just look at the flower. We don't even realize how complex that flower is. It's beyond belief. You look at any organism. And so on. And there are many other types of proof. Many other types of you know proofs that are impossible to have occurred without the concept of a supreme being or a creative force, a creator that is created, and so on and so forth. You know. In the end, you know, um, I remember I once I once watched this. Uh, there are videos of different uh, interesting courses. Uh, you know, so I once watched the biology course, long course. You know, some video was a, uh, and it's a very the professors are top notch. He's a very clear Hasbara. <coughs> explained very well, very organized. It's a whole company that puts puts out these videos. You know, and I remember that I was watching this video course on biology. You know, it's just astounding. It's astounding. The guy was describing, you know, you, you know the whole concept of DNA. 3.1 or 2 billion pairs. I don't know what billions are. It's a, you know, and the DNA, which is a spiral, it's really a double helix, it's two spirals that go like that. It's like a ladder with rungs, and the rungs have four chemicals and so on. You know, they say if you took the DNA out of the cell, it would stretch six feet. Six feet, you know, but the, but the punishment did is he, he took it like a spring, you know. And he squashed it into a DNA, 3.2 billion, it's just beyond belief, that determines the entire human structure, you know, I mean, uh, and so on. And then the cell was incredible. 
how the cell lets in stuff and how it takes out stuff and all the little things. Is the, the whole concept of a cell is textbooks after textbooks. A little cell that you can't even see with the naked eye. It was just beyond belief. The complexity of a cell. I'm not even talking about a tissue and an organ, you know, which is cells, and you know, I'm not talking about the brain. And they don't believe in the Creator. What? And they don't believe it. It's like, it's like how stupid can a guy be to look at this kind of stuff and, and not believe in a Creator? Or to think it's evolution? Evolution? You know, maybe a guy can fool himself and say, well, one thing evolved. But you're talking about a hundred million species evolving, all somewhat different and, and so on. It's like a hundred million different evolution things going on. Each one is different. I once told you there's 300,000 species of beetles. Yeah. Just beetles. The physicist, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, I mean, it's I felt sorry for that guy. I mean, he's and as Rahmanus on the guy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, okay, that's what it is. Because, you know, look, at the, there's a lot of explanations. Because they don't really want to believe in God. So therefore they came up with a great, well, it's not even great, but they came up with something to hang out to, which is called evolution. Yeah. You know? They come out and getting cloudy so only with my only yeah. they were on they didn't really believe in idols. Who believes in that? Just have the, the they wanted to be nuts with themselves. Yeah, they wanted the women, that's all, period. Who cares about the theory, you know? You know, so on and so forth, you know, stuff like that. Whatever. Anyway. So therefore just to just to recognize the problem is you have to see it. You know, you have to you have to realize the complexity of a cell. You know? Why, you know, it's nothing and so on, you know. But uh, anyway, that's, those, are, those are the uh, uh, incontrovertible uh, pr uh, proofs of the existence of a being that, is so, that has an intellect so far superior to anything we can absolutely imagine, you know. It's just beyond belief how, how this could how any of this can happen. So, but anyway, uh, and then you begin, so that's the basis of your Muna. And from the immune come, you know, Shkriyashma, and then the Tefillah, and so on and so forth. And that's just the, uh, and there's a whole concept of historical validity, which I'm not going to go into and so on. That itself was a whole thing, which I went to a long time ago. Anyway, uh, okay, so we are now at the point where um, we understand this, these are the objectives, okay. Now, what Ramchal now says, <laughs> That in order for this to occur, where the Vanshan will have a being that will be Dovuk, that will be uh, attached to him and so on, right? That there are certain conditions that he must create. You know, first, as I mentioned, he has to create the being itself. The being really is who? It's a human being. What's interesting here is that Ramchal does not mention Kalisol at all. And from later on, you see why. Because the Tachas of the Bri has nothing to do with Jews, really. That was the original plan. Most people don't even know that. <coughs> Tachas of the Bria, or the one who was the recipient of that Shlemus, is Minhonushi. Bishvil Yisrael really means Bishvil. It was supposed to be Bishvil Adam, but, but instead it turned into Yisrael because they were, they were the no, ones to. No. So what does it mean Bishvil Yisrael? Oh, very good question. What's Bishvil Yisrael? Because the Medrash clearly says. Which is called racious, right? Be racious. Were they racious? And who's referred to racious? Terror is called racious, right? And Kleinsville is called racious. So that would seem that initially it was the Jews that was the ob uh, objective of Bria. And the answer is, of course not. What is the real name of the Jews? It's not Israel. It's what? I think very much. No, it's not Adam either. I mean, we are in Adam. No, it's Ivri. The, the, a Jew has, the concept of a Jew is nationalistic. Aram Avinu was called Avram or Ivri, the Hebrew. The word Aver, whatever, means let's say it came from beyond the, the river, Euphrates or whatever. Aver and all. Aver means the other side, you know. So Avram Avinu was an individual who called, hey, he's a guy who came from the other side. So therefore that name stuck. Ivri, right? And then we are called Ivri, Hebrews. Our real name are the Hebrews, from the word Eva, Ivri, you know? 
Later on, that's the nationalistic identity. <coughs> we are Hebrews. You know? Later on, as time went on, what happened? The Jews dispersed. Ten tribes were lost. So the most prevalent of all the tribes was Yehuda. So then the Jews were referred to not as Hebrews, but as Jews, Yehuda, Yud, Yehudi, Mordechai HaYehudi, right? So the word Jew comes from the word Yehuda, and so on. So we are really, first we are Hebrews, and now we are Yehudi, Yehudim, whatever, Jews. Where did Yisrael come in? You know what I'm saying? Where does the word Yisrael come in? Because Yisrael does not refer to a nation at all. Yisrael refers to a an ability, a property. That's what referred to a, a nation. Yisrael, Yisrael is the name of Yaakov. Who? Yisrael is the name of Yaakov. That's where it started, yes. But before Avram was not called Yisrael, and neither was Yitzchak. So the question is, why not? Even that we know. Well, because Avram included more than just names, it also includes the Arabs. No. The, uh, but, but we're not. You know, that, no, no. I, we're I'm based, wrong. Uh, we're based on the Avram because it's more, more exclusive. Well, was Asa ben Ivli a Hebrew? Of course he was. So was Ishmael. They were called Hebrews. Forget about the fact that they're no longer Hebrews. But, uh, you know, they, they were called Hebrews because they came from Avram. He was called a Hebrew. But you only find the word Yisrael only coming when? By Yaakov. You don't find. Avraham Avinu is never referred to as Israel, neither is Yitzchak, right? Yet the Medrash says that because of Rashis, or rather Israel, the world was created, the world was created. So we need to align those two ideas. And the answer is that Israel does not refer to a nation. It rather refers to the specific ability that a nation has to do the tikkun of the Bria. That's what it refers to. In other words, what the Bershom said is the following. What is the essential characteristic of a Jew? What is the uniqueness of a Jew, really? What is it? Who? He can do the tikkun of the Bria, or it's reversed, the kilkun. He can rectify creation, or he can destroy it. How? No, no, yeah, well, it's true, okay. No, but what's the aftermath? How does a Jew rectify creation? Removing Zahama? No, ah, uh, he does that. No. What is this specific property that a Jew has that he can do the tikkun? Who? Yes. No, I mean, these are conditions, obviously. No, that's not what it is. The neshama is what does it, because we have the neshama. No. You mentioned everything that exists. Um, <laughs> that. No, 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 no. What else? What else? What else is No. Well, fortunately, you guys don't know, and that's why I have to continue saying this show. You need to understand, this is the uniqueness of the Jew. That he can do the tikkun. He can rectify, <coughs> he can correct, he can restore or repair, all the same thing, the creation of the world, from a deficient state to a perfected state. How? What's the lever, the dial? That means the Jew, the Jew controls a dial. What is that dial? The Torah? No. No, a dial is an, in that's an instrument. No. What specific property? What specific property does a Jewish person has? Have, that he is able to do the tikkun of the Bria. That is the question. Yes, it will. No, no. I will tell you.
the greatest Ha'orah and Hester. Mama just said that. What is Ha'orah? Ha'orah is when God projects his being. He calls it a Shefa or Hashpo. He's Mashpia. To Mashpia means to project. It means to influence, but really it's a projection where he sends forth energy, whatever you want to call it. It's not really energy, but it's some type of a projection of the Ainsurf. He projects that. Okay? Uh, but also, just like God can project that, he can also withhold it. When God projects, or rather withholds, what is that activity called? When Simpson. God withholds... Yes, Simpson. Simpson is a unique operation. Simpson. Simpson means to contract, to restrict, or to restrain. The Rebunshim is same his presence. Tzimtzum. And the Rebunshim created the concept of Tzimtzum. Because, what do you mean God can contract? It doesn't literally mean it. But the Rebunshim is able to restrict his presence where you will not experience him. That's incredible. That's impossible. Because it's molecular kavodah. Right? The presence of God pervades all. It has to, because, why? Because of his existence. Right? Then obviously whatever exists has to he's gotta be there to make it exist. You know what I'm saying? If he's not there, it doesn't exist. You see. So therefore, molecular means that the motion pervades, occupies the totality of reality. Which makes him astoundingly big. You know? Sometimes we think of God as some kind of one being, you know? But then you realize something that according to scientists, the universe is 13.7 billion light years. And one light year is a distance, not a time. <coughs> one light year is 6 trillion miles. So 13.7 times 6 trillion gives you a number, right? But we realize that if that the Bershom has to pervade that, so Bershom has to be unbelievably large, yes? And then we realize that that's only the physical universe. There's also all the dimensions. There's Olimitsira, the world of Yetzira and Bria and Axilus, right? And then there's beyond that, and so on. And wait a minute, that means God's got to be beyond belief. The size of God is beyond belief. We don't think of devotion like that. We think of it as a single point. Oh, there he is. See, I localize him. See, he's right over there looking at me, you know? We're looking at me. The entire creation is within him. Did you imagine the size of God? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we don't usually think of it that way, you know, or else we just be overwhelmed by his size, you know, and so on, you know. But anyway, uh, so what? So the question is, why could you have symptom? And the idea is that symptom is a created phenomenon. It's an operation where that restricts the presence of God in certain areas, wherever he wants. That is an unbelievable operation. So what the Rosham said is this. And now you understand what a Jew is. He said to a Jew, I mean later on, but originally he said to other Mishnah, I'm going to give you the dial of Simpson. You can dial me one way and I come in. You can dial me another way and I increase the Simpson. Which means I'm gone. Not literally, but figuratively. Right? The koyach of tikkun or kilkul is the koyach to regulate tzimtzum itself, which determines the amount of ha'ora or hester, the amount of divine presence or the, the amount of divine absence. You see, those, that's the most, the greatest power that ever existed is the one who controls tzimtzum. There's nothing greater than that. Why? Because Ha'ora, God's presence or illumination, creates existence and his absence removes existence. Can't beat that. So the koich of a Jew is that he is able to control Tzimtzum itself. Wow. That's unbelievable. That's almost the same thing as saying I can create or discreate. I can make and not make. Now, the question is, what do you mean the Bosch does that? He's not forced. 
And the answer is, he voluntarily submits to the actions of a Jew. This is the Nakuda. So, therefore, the identifying characteristic of a Jew, that he's able to do the Tikkun, or the Kilkel reverse, right, is predicated on what? His ability to control the phenomenon of the operation called Simpson. That's what it is. And Simpson is the, the most basic of all operations in the Bria. Either God is here, or, or he is not here figuratively, not literally, because he's always here, he's got to be everywhere, right? But all of a sudden, you don't see him. He's gone, absent. Very important concept. And the Jew has it. The Jew is able to control the tzimtzum. You know, you, you, you guys should walk out of here and just like swell-headed. You know, it's like, it's unbelievable that I can control the presence or absence of God. Through what? Through my acts. Thinking, thinking, thought, dibur, and maitzah. That's a Yisrael. That's a Yisrael, correct. That's the meaning of a Yisrael. That's right, that's what I mean, Kisarisa. Okay, yeah. and it wasn't just the Malach of Esau, it was Hashim, he meant... Yeah, well, yeah, he yeah. meant the whole, yeah. all the way up yeah. to the uh, So in the beginning, we see a remarkable concept. That the Russian didn't want to give it to one person, rather an ummah, a nation. He gave it to mankind. That's why other mission wasn't Jewish. I always start off the Shira as many times Was Adam Jewish? Obviously he wasn't Jewish. The first Jewish guy or first Hebrew was Avram Avinu. That's a national. But he was Israel. But he was Israel, yes. Actually, um, he was Israel, what's called um, probation. He was a probationary Jew. That's the original concept of probation. You know? Oh. Uh, so what did Mosham do? He said to Adam Mishim, listen Adam, you, I'm giving you the Koich of Simpson, which means that I will voluntarily submit to your acts. Again, uh, three different dimensions. Thinking, speaking, or acting. It's funny how submitting to Hashem submitting to the acts, in order for us to control, we have to submit to the act Well, okay, but wait, let's go slow. So we now understand something very fundamental, that the Jew, the concept of Yisrael, is an individual that has the Koich of Simpson or the koyach to control Simpson. And he's given that koyach. With that koyach, you can do the tikkun. Because if I can bring God in, where you are, that's the tikkun. If I can't bring him in, that's the tilkun. You see? So what we really control is Simpson, therefore we can do the tikkun, or the tilkun, or the damage, and so on. And that was originally given to Adam Rishon. Adam, you got it. So therefore, who was the first Israel? Who? Adam. And so therefore the Medrash is right. Bishul Reishis, right? And, and who was it? Yisrael, because Yisrael is called Reishis. The Bershom said, if I have a Yisrael, I'm going to continue this Bria. I don't have a Yisrael, what does that mean? If you don't have anybody that can control creation, right? What's the point? Then what's the point? There's no Tikkun possible. So therefore, Adam Rishon was a Yisrael, but he was not a Hebrew. That's the difference. Well, as we will see later, the Bershom waited 2,000 years. Because everybody was a Yisrael. Everybody. Interesting. It wasn't just Adam, Kain and Hevel, and so on. You know. And then what happened after 2,000 years? Paro. Paro. Who? The Paro. Paro. No, Paro was not. Why? Because once, because after the Doha Flogger, the, the, the flood, right, the Bershom gave 2,000 years for mankind to do the Tikkun, but they didn't do it. So Bershom decided, I'm going to take away the ability of Tikkun. But it was only by Matan Torah, no, that it happened? No. No. I'm going to take, well, hold that for a side. I'm going to take away the ability of Tikkun and give it only to Avroma Vino. But Avroma Vino had it because he was among the 70 nations. Avraham Avinu, by the way, was what, one of the 70. Yeah, he was the last one, well, maybe well, the last of the 70. So the 70 individuals, where there were 70 nations, right, they all had the power of Tikkun. 
You know, we, we look at the Doha Mabel and the Doha Flogger and we laugh at these guys. I, I mean, I laugh, but we say, never these guys. We mean, never these guys. These guys had such unbelievable power to do the Tikkun, but they didn't think the Tikkun. So the Boshman decided that I'm going to take away everybody's ability to do the Tikkun and I'm going to only allow it to remain with Avraham Avinu. And that's what the Brisbane Absurd is. The covenant between pieces. What is this? Well, the Boshman said, you are going to do the Tikkun. You and your descendants. Everybody else is gone. Which was terrible for mankind. Why? Because if mankind no longer has the ability of Tikkun, what's, what becomes obvious? There's Who? No point for them. Kill them. Who? Kill them. No. There's no point for them. There's no point. Kill them. I hate to be so nasty, but... Uh, <laughs> you should know, nothing exists without a purpose. If a thing has no purpose, guess what? It doesn't exist. It becomes extinct. That's what it is. Why is that you look in the wild, you know, there's certain animals becoming more and more extinct. Why? How could the Russian allow that? Mankind can't destroy if they're needed for the Tikkun. And the answer is because their, uh, their necessity to do the Tikkun is gone. So therefore mankind is allowed to destroy them. Don't save the penguins. What? Don't save the penguins. <laughs> Don't yeah. save the penguins, yeah. <laughs> It, was, it wasn't Avramon going that they got hooked up to Avram, that they get taken through Avram? Well, well, here's what happened. Now that Avram Amina took over the whole Tikkun process, right? So the question is, well, what do you do for the Goyim? Because their existence is meaningless, because they can't do the Tikkun anymore. So the Boshim said no. The Boshim had Rachmim on the Goyim. They want to destroy them, because after all, they are Salomon Kim in that sense. And they messed up. No, they cannot control Simpson anymore. So the Russian then decided that I will allow them to exist because they will assist the Jews to do the Tikkun. <clears throat> Should I say ha-ha? <laughs> the purpose of Goyim, which is incredible, is to assist the Jews to do the Tikkun. Isn't that interesting? Have they been doing this? Rot job. All the kilkul that Jews do is because of the Goyim. They have no idea. That's why it's incredible what they're doing. It's literally committing suicide. Every generation, these guys commit suicide. And in our generation, you know, between, you know, Russia and all these guys, the Arabs, they commit suicide. That's what they're doing. Because their whole survivability, their whole raison d'etre, as they say in French, yeah. the whole reason for being is to assist the Jews. And, but... When they do assist the Jews, right, they still don't do the Tikkun. They allow the Jews to do the Tikkun, but their schus is that uh, you'll enable me, you'll help me do the Tikkun, therefore I can now, you know, as God is my shpia, me, and I am my shpia, the goy. Yes, the shefa comes of the goy comes through the Jew. That's what it means that ten goyim will hold on to the beggar of a Jew, says that in the Novi. What does that mean? Because each goy, believe it or not, each Jew has goyim attached to him. You know, you don't know where they are. You know, and you ever find them, you get them work for you. You know, free labor. You know, <laughs> but every Jew has goyim attached to him, and when he does the the tikkun and so on and so forth, that goy is able to take off. Who? Oh? That's number one. Oh, you found one. <laughs> but she doesn't believe it because she takes money. That's why they hate us, I guess. Well, okay, you're touching into a very interesting area called anti-Semitism. But anyway, uh, so this is what happened. So the justification of going comes through the fact that they can assist the Jew. So therefore the Roshim allowed them to keep a nefesh. A goy has a nefesh, a spiritual nefesh. The neshama has five parts. The lowest is called the nefesh. Goyim have a nefesh. Without the nefesh, wouldn't they just mind the zombies? If they, no, without the nefesh, they would be animals. So I'm saying animals don't really have a the thought animals. process or anything. Well, it's not only that. You can have... I'm just saying without the nefesh, without, without any sort of spirituality other than the nefesh of Ahami, you would, they'd just be mind the zombies. They wouldn't be able to think. No, that's not true. No, 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 no. What gives a person is ability to think. The consciousness that a person has. No, it's not a gross conscious. It looks at you. 
you know, a lion looks at you and he's probably thinking dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't for these bars, I could have, uh, you don't even... The animals have self-awareness. The, the lion doesn't even know or think about MPGS. It's, it's animals <laughs> you know have saying? He's got dinner standing in front of you, can't get to you, you know? Animals no. have self-awareness. There's such a thing as a human that doesn't have a nefesh. Because the concept of humanity is not rooted in the nefesh, in the soul. It's rooted in the nefesh tachatoino, the lower soul. Some people call it the nefesh abahamas. <clears throat> so that's what gives the self-awareness and the... Correct. And yeah, the, except we have the greatest part of it, or the greatest degree, type. Degree, maybe? We have the greatest degree of nefesh tachatoino. So you have people walking around and they're totally cut off from the roof. Yes, Correct. Okay. So that's why the Bonshim allowed the Goy to keep his nefesh, was he could not have a chayk in Oilem Habo. What does the nefesh of Yemen give a guy? What is it? What is it? The connection to Oilem Habo. Is, is that manifest in this world at all? Oilem Habo? No. That, that, does the nefesh of Yemen affect him in this world? No, I, I would imagine it probably does. It probably gives him his sense of spirituality. Well, some become Jewish. I think if you didn't have that, then a person, I would think that a person doesn't even have a nefesh, nefesh not tachtoina, but the nefesh of, of, of the alyoina. There's the nefesh alyoina and the nefesh tachtoina. The nefesh alyoina is the real neshama, because that consists of five parts, right? You have the nefesh, ruach, neshama, chayo, and yechido. Five different parts of the nefesh alyoina. They lost four. They lost four, correct, yes. So therefore, and therefore they have a keshet or ilum habo. Means because they have a nefesh. A nefesh is that entity that connects you to uh, the higher worlds. Without that, you can't, you can't, you can't get, you can't connect to the ruchnis. But you still can be a man. You can be an adam. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, except, but, but your nefesh tachtoino is unbelievably and elevated. It's happened that human, in history that human beings were completely just cut off from... I'm not aware of that kind of incident. Some say they became monks. Yeah, there's a medrash. One third in the door of Enoish, one third of the world was flooded. This is interesting because they also were tremendous chaytim. So the medrash says, medrash Shabbat, that one third of the world was flooded. That was like the precursor to the model, you know. But it says also, actually, excuse me. But also says that in the, in the which is interesting, the answer that Medrash, you know, the Medrash says that in the door of, uh, it's not a flood, Ah, yes. One third of the world was flooded, and one third of the world turned into apes. Yeah. That's why when you see an ape, you have to make Mishana and Rias. You have to buy an elephant too. But anyway, you know, um, an ape. Contrary to Darwin, the other right? way. The other way. he says the other way, right? That we come from apes, right? <laughs> apes come from man. Interesting, that's the measures. Yeah. Apes, the primates, come from man. That was the Oynish. That's why they look so human, you know? You know, what, what's funny is the difference between a human and a chimpanzee, I think 99% of the DNA is identical. 1% of the DNA is different. <coughs> That's what makes a human as opposed to a chimpanzee or an ape. But anyway, the Medrash says that the apes, the primates, come from, uh, from, come from man as an Oynish, which is interesting and so on. I think that occurred in the door of Oynish. But anyway, in the door of, of the Mab, uh, the, 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 uh, and so on. But, uh, in any case, so therefore, what the Bansham did is he severed the ability of the Goy to control Simpson. Therefore, he cannot do the tikkun, but he allowed them existence at a spiritual level because they would assist the Jews. Then what the Bershom did is that he decided that he'll give mankind one more chance to restore the totality of the neshama, to be equal to a Jew. That's what I'm yeah. And that's what the Medrash is, where he went around to every nation and asked, do you want the terror? You know, and they said, no, for each one for different reasons, you know. Uh, Asa, for instance, uh, Edwin, sort of said, well, uh, well, what's in it? Wow, well, you can't kill. Killing, I mean, that's our way of life. He went to Yishmuel, and they said, you can't steal. Well, what's in it? You can't steal. Stealing? Well, that's how we live. And so on, each one rejected it. Now, does that literally mean that the Rebunisha went around 
because we don't find that in recorded history. I mean, how did he do it? So there are different ways of learning it. It could be that he somehow gave certain insights into leaders of these people, and they went around preaching, we've got to change our ways, we've got to become more spiritual. That's one way of learning. Another way of learning is that he measured the spiritual level of each nation. He said that it is so low, they will not accept the Torah. It's just too low. There are different ways of interpreting that medrash. But the main idea of that medrash is that was the last opportunity or chance of these individuals to reclaim the totality of spirituality that is given to a Jew. And they rejected it. So but he did allow... They didn't lose anything about the Torah? No, they never, they, they it was the last chance to reclaim. They didn't lose anything. But what's interesting is even though as a nation, the Jews are the only nation that can do the Tikkun, but individuals, Goyim, can come back. Because there were Goyim in the people that could have taken it. It was the totality of the nation, no way. But there were Goyim in the nation, individuals that either were on a spiritual level, you know, or whatever, so it's not fair. You know, some guy, some, uh, you know, uh, some Amorite, you know, the Amorite and so on. So one guy can say, hey, I would have taken it. You know, you, you, know, you, you went to, to the whole nation. But, so those are the people that are Gerim. So they can come back as individuals, but they have to join Kalisram. See? So they can come back as a Mitzakein, but they have to become part of it. They have to become Jewish. They can't do it and remain an Amorite. Whereas before they could have had they accepted the term. So therefore, but even, even though Avram Avinu, right, made a, a covenant with God, an agreement with God, right, and he became Yisrael, but that was called probationary. Because the rule is that if a Masera, if a tradition remains with a nation, or rather with a person, for three generations, then it will never dissolve, disappear. That's why the first one to be called Israel was Yaakov, not Avram. You know? No, it began with Avram, it maintained with Yitzchak, but it was finalized with Yaakov. And even then, it needed him to go through Esau, the whole business, you know, what he had to go through. And it's only after Lovan and all that that he got the name Israel, and, and, and therefore Israel now becomes a permanent feature of Klein Israel. That is the history of mankind. Very interesting history. You know? So now you understand what the origin of the Jews, you know, that the concept of Israel does not refer at all to a Jew. It refers to a person that has a neshama, complete neshama, right? And that neshama, because it's connected to all the alumnus, can do the tikkun. Now what's the fundamental uh, pr uh, uh, property of the of an ishama that can do the tikkun, the answer is control of tzimtzum. Yeah, that's what it is. And that's the greatest of all powers. We don't even realize, you know, when we think about something that's a dvar mitzvah, we don't realize. We undo a tzimtzum. But we don't see it, we don't feel it. Yeah, well, obviously, exactly. So in essence, the Jews are the most powerful people that have ever lived, other than the first 2,000 years. In fact, the Ramchal says later on something which is so strange, you know, which is, and you begin to understand. He said that even though Jews look like Goyim, we look like them, you know, we're human and they're human, he said the difference really between a Jew and a Goyim is that we're really a different species. You know, we're much a different species than a Goyim. You know, we was going to go crazy if I heard this. But the truth is that we have the power of to undo, to, to either to, uh, to uh, enhance or undo symptom, and therefore the power of Tikkun, that makes us into a different species altogether. Malach can't do this. Nobody can. Now, besides the fact, so the Jew is the only one that can do that. <coughs> Again, he can undo symptom or create symptom. Therefore, he can do Tikkun or undo Tikkun. Right? And therefore, what's the third level? It starts off with Simpson. And therefore, we could do the Tikkun. And if we do the Tikkun, 
we can do shlemas, but more realistically, what can we do therefore? We can change reality. Change reality. Because that's what it does. Ha'ora changes reality. Hester changes reality. Therefore, the Jew is never what? Stable. He's always either going up or down. It's amazing. A Jew goes up or down because the Bria goes up and down. Because we confront Paul with Simpson. So therefore, the Jew, his status never remains the same. It's funny. You get up in the morning, one status. You go to sleep at night, it's a different status. Depending on what you did. There is no creature except one well, why, why in all that? of creation whose status as a being can change. Except one, besides the Jews. Who's that? Satan. Who? Satan. Yes, the Satan. Why? Because if we can undo symptom, we bring in Ha'ora. Illumination. You bring in illumination, you do the Tikkun. You do the Tikkun, so therefore the Sultan has to give up whatever ore he took, right? That you sinned and you gave him your ore. He's got to give it back. So his status diminishes. You do Chet, right? You do Chet, you increase Simpson, you increase Hester, you increase Chesan, right? And you give the Sultan your energy. But when you effect Simpson, there are really comes down just it goes straight to the sun. Yes, correct. So that's really what had the he, he is really the uh, He's the recipient. The Esther? Yes. The well the, the, yeah. So therefore you increase Simpson. So you increase Tilko, you increase the ore that goes to the sun, which means you increase him, his keepers. But he himself doesn't have the power to change. He just has No, to he's change. he's gotta wait for you. You're the one that can control Bria and him. But in essence, there's only two beings, their status changes. Your status can change, and his status as a result indirectly, so you can change your status directly. You can change his status indirectly. That's it. Other than these two individuals, or rather beings, the Jew and the Sultan, everything created is exactly at the state it was created. Stagnant. What? Stagnant. Stagnant. You can make him in the market. Making him to a monkey? <laughs> you know, I want to tell you something interesting. Who is the greatest, what is the greatest enterprise known to man? And who is in charge of that enterprise? What is the greatest venture ever known? Google. No. What is the greatest enterprise ever done? And who is responsible for the building? I mean, the sun. I mean, that's, yes. that's what do you mean by enterprise? Enterprise means Business. engagement, whatever you're doing. You know, it's funny. The Sutton, in all the terrible things he's done, if you think about it, he's the greatest. I've never seen a businessman like that, you know? He gets everybody to sin. Everybody. I mean, you talk about monkey. Make him a monkey. We're the monkeys. <laughs> We're the monkeys. Every day you go by and you're a monkey, you know? And then you go from monkey to be a baboon, which is even worse. <laughs> you know, I know it's like, uh, then there's baboon, I mean, something like you turn to an orangutan. I mean, whatever's going on here, he makes absolute fools of us. In fact, you could see the koich of the sultan by the degradation of man, you know? The koich, you know? You look at simple things, you know? What do they play, a, uh, a baseball player these days? What do they pay him? $35 million for a five-year contract? Excuse me, you're paying a guy $35 million? Why? Because he knows how to hit a ball? Of course, because he brings in the business and so on. But that's a mockery of MS. How could you pay a person that kind of a money for zero, for junk, for nonsense? Meanwhile, the guy who's a college professor Who's teaching Kochmar, right? Oh, at least it's fine. They pay, they pay Jay-Z 70 million a year just to talk to little Pep. Who? This guy, this rapper. They paid him 70 million dollars just to get up on stage in front of millions of people. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Uh, a rapper. 
70 million? 70, wow. 70 million. One year. Is that the Terrence? Just to get up in the middle way. But I want to tell you something. The Sutton is no longer involved in getting people to sin. Uh, he's now involved in, he has such dominion over man that he can get you to sin and make you look like an absolute fool. You know, it's a level of how stupid can you get, you know? It's like, it's like in your face. It's like, you know, some guy, you know, some guy says, okay, I got you. The sudden looks in your face and says, I got you totally. I will make you look like an absolute idiot. And the sudden schlitter over the nonsense of man is so total, so absolute, that mankind are a bunch of idiots. It's just beyond belief that what they value is such <coughs> absurd, you know, and what they degrade has such worth. You know, it's like a person wants to mock somebody. So he wants to say, hey, let me show you what I can do to you guys, you know? And you just take a look, and so on. The Jews, who are the greatest creation ever made, are at the low level, they're at the bottom of the heap, and the absolute zeros of society, you know? The celebrities, the ball players, the sports figures, you know, all, all the, the politicians, the zeros of society, they're at the top. And they have the greatest chashivas, and so on. Now, so what does that indicate? It indicates the mockery that the has of man. Not only will I show you that I can control and make you sin, right? I'm going to show you that you guys are such zeros, what I can make you do. As far as I'm concerned, he is the it's the greatest enterprise, and he is the greatest businessman that ever lived. He took over a business to make people sin, and it's just beyond belief who he got to sin. Is it fair to say his success is a reflection of our shortcomings? Yes, it's only because that. What do we yeah. do about that? Um, well, what we do, what we try to do, is we try to do the mitzvahs, the oivet. I mean, in the end, let's face it, he dies, we live. In the end. So obviously, in the end, he declares bankruptcy. I mean, that's what's going to happen. But don't take any pride in that. It's only because the man shemoy be avo. It's only because the Muslim says, hey, I'm not going to stand by and watch my kids we get trounced on, you know? <laughs> Without that, well, it says, well, maybe Goyal, God brings a Redeemer. Why? Because of the Tzitkus of Tlaiso? No. Because the Muslim will not stand by and allow his name to be draped in the mud and that he violated his promise to the others. He won't do that. So therefore, it's what's called a built-in fail-safe mechanism. You know, he's built in a mechanism that fails safe. It's got to happen. So in the end, he's going to declare bankruptcy, and uh, it's over for him, you know. And we will, of course, have succeeded, get Oyla Mahab and so on. But it's not because, you know, because, you know, it's because he interfered. He just pulled us right out of the pits. So, but anyway, you know, so that was a comment with the monkeys. Yeah. Like, we're the monkeys. He's the zookeeper. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so therefore, this is the history. But in the end, we now come, Ramchal is now coming to the concept of Odom, Odom region. And he's the first man, but he's the first Israel. That's really who he is. So in Odom is now the totality of man. Odom has everything a Jew needs to do the taken. Except he's not a Jew. He's not an Ivri. He is a Israel. That's the only difference. You know? But Adam is far greater than just the Israel. He's the only Israel. You know, he is he is the totality of man. In him is vested the entire operation and so on. You know, that's why who Adam was. May Adam Rishon, when he if he could do a mitzvah, he can undo the total Simpson. We can only do each one is designated little parts. I have my little area, your little area, where we could do tzimtzum, or undo tzimtzum, and then the ha'ora, the illumination shines through. He had the entire dial. That was his koyach. You know, it's interesting what he was. It's interesting to meet him before the chet. What type of... And you see, he was so great that even the malachim told him he was God. So he started singing shira to him. Imagine what this person was. It was something beyond belief. In, certain, in a certain respect, he was greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. In a certain, in a certain way, yeah, of course, yeah, sure. Initially, 
He was created in Moshe Rabbeinu. What he knew, what he experienced. You don't find people talk, actually talking like the, through the, I, I don't know, but it seems that like through gracious, people seem to be talking like Gersh Barakula is just discussion. It's not until you get to Shmos that people have a Nebuah and have. Yeah. Well, Adam was so close to Moshe that, you know, Moshe just spoke to him. I'm saying in the beginning, it seemed like they were just, like, high and turned around and said, like, like, what should I. Hashem said, what did you do? Oh, well, I didn't. It, yeah. it doesn't sound like a Nebuah, it sounds like a discussion. Yes. But in any case, so the, the, so, but the, so the Ramchal is now setting up what are the conditions that you need for Adam to succeed, and ultimately speaking, that will be our conditions also. Anyway, that's what Ramchal said. Next week is the last year for this man, because then after that I go away. So if you guys want to hop around, we'll continue on um, who Adam was and, and what's really happening with Adam recently. So. Any questions? No questions? Wow. I think it's so clear. We're telling Kerr that Kerr uh, <coughs> lost it by a Tarakwada? Well, that's, that's Avram, the Bisp of Bisp Well, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you a remez. I'll give you a remez. Beautiful remez. Mene Yisosko says this. But the Bosham says to Avram Avinu, no, Avram Avinu says, Ve'aloichi ofo ve'efer. I am ofo, dust, Eifer and ashes. That's a remark of tremendous humility. Yeah. I'm of I'm dust and ashes, you know. So if you remember, if you think about it, when Christ were bought the 70 porum, 70 oxen, as a sacrifice on Sukkot, those represented the 70 nations. So Avraham Avinu said, Anoichi Ofer Ve'efer. How do you spell Ofer? Ayan. Pevesh. And Eifer is Aleph Pevesh. So Avraham Avinu says, Originally, I was just what? Afer, Aleph Pa. I was only one ox. Now I'm Ayin Pa. I'm now the 70. <laughs> nice remus, beautiful remus. Originally, I was just one Pa. I was one facet 70. Now I'm 70. I'm the totality. That's why all nations will be blessed through me. Why? Why the Nebuchadnezzar? Because I'm the only one who can do the Tikkun. So all nations have to wait for what? For their bracha, which is the proof that they can get a bracha. Not only was uh, Gashmis, but also spiritually, but only through the Jew. That's what happened. See, that's our uh, offer of a Fascinating women. I've yeah. mentioned something before about animals. Who? I've mentioned something before about animals. What do they have? And anyone who knows animals <coughs> knows there's a lot more to them than just eating and walking around. I know there's a lot of different takes on parachira. Is it possible they have an awareness of creation? Uh, well, more than that, according to Shlomo Melch, knew the language of animals. The real question is, are they speaking? What are they really doing? You know. So you know, none of that. There's a language of trees. There's a lot of different things going on. There's a lot of communications going on beyond what we understand. You know what I'm saying? So the real question is, what is that? No, so what I believe is that the animals themselves have no language, the trees don't, and so on. What I believe is that they are conduits, that the Bershom speaks through, through the, he uses these as conduits, so he knows if a tree, let's say, has to say something, the tree will move one way, the wind will come. So that could be interpreted as a language, but it's really, it is, it's a message from the Bershom using these beings as, as, the, as the way of expressing. Shlomo Melech knew the language of the birds, the animals, you know, the Ari knew the language of the clouds. Believe it or not, clouds are, have a language. Not that they they're inanimate, you know, but apparently how they form and so on is a language. It's a message from Shemayim. You see that, that constantly go on and so on and so forth. So Shlomo knew, the Ari knew the languages, you know, it's uh, obviously a tremendous uh, Chochmah, the languages of the... the anyway. gave that Bell's theorem. Don't remember, yeah. the Spukiak, all matter has, is not just physical material, possibly. It's suggesting that even on the atomic Yeah, level, that's a, yeah. We live in a soup. We live in a soup. And the soup is the energy. Ah, it's a whole shield. Because from there you can connect, you can connect physics to Kabbalah. 
what is energy really? It's interesting, Shia. That's not now. Where's, where, where do I ever get the card for the, uh, the fact that the Gairin are really individuals? Who? Gairin. Are individual, let's say Gilgulim or whatever, individuals. Of those people that would have joined but uh, as individuals, but not as a nation. Would you say that from logically, or that's No, no, no. I, I, I don't recall the source. I heard, I heard it. I heard it. The Maybe I, I don't recall the source. After a while, you just you know forget where you get it from. Yeah. So, so yeah, but that's uh, that's they say that claw like that. Anyway, so now we understand what a Jew is. We understand what his koyach is and so on. You know, it's uh, very important stuff. Right? So next week.